Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Patrick Williams has one of his most aggressive games in the loss to the Indiana Pacers. We also now know that Kobe White has been dealing with a wrist injury that could be a reason why he's playing the way that he has been playing. We're going to talk about those things. Plus, we're going to talk about what the Chicago Bulls could be looking to add to the team at the trade deadline. All that, plus the Lonzo Ball injury news and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead into the content for today. So the Chicago Bulls lost a game at home to the Indiana Pacers yesterday in an embarrassing fashion. Uh, this was a game in which the Chicago Bulls really just, they got they, they lost the first quarter, they lost the second quarter, we won the third quarter, lost the fourth quarter, and overall the Bulls went on some runs in this game, but they just could not consistently match the offense of the Indiana Pacers. And that was one of the things that the Bulls just did not want to get into was getting into a shooting battle with the Pacers that were, came in as the most high-powered offense in the NBA so far this season. So. That was always a losing battle that Chicago Bulls faced. But then when you look on top of the other things that went into this game, right? The Chicago Bulls, um, you know, the defensive effort wasn't really there. The Indiana Pacers played a great defensive game plan to try to nullify Kobe White, which we're going to have a little bit more on that here in a second as well. And overall, like, it, the Bulls didn't shoot the ball effectively enough. They didn't rebound the ball effectively enough. They had spurts of it, right? I think the rebounding battle at the end of the game was tied, and we actually were winning the rebounding battle by the end of the first half. But we just weren't close in that game. We got more offensive rebounds. We got the nitty-gritty stats, a lot of those. But the Bulls just didn't execute. And the defense that we're used to seeing from the Chicago Bulls just wasn't there. And every time it seemed like we got to stop, we could not turn around and score on the opposite end of the, of the floor. So, you know, even with the defense, when it did step up in those spurts, we just we couldn't turn those defensive stops that we were getting into enough points to stay in this game. We briefly took a, a, a three-point uh, lead which the Indiana Pacers just went on the three-point barrage after that, and, and at that point, the game was over with. So it, it's unfortunate that the Bulls couldn't take care of business at home against the Indiana Pacers. And like I said, they got into that area where, oh, man, we just we got into a scoring match with, that we just couldn't win, right? We were never going to be able to win that type of game against the Indiana Pacers, and unfortunately, we lost. Now, Andre Drummond got into foul trouble. Uh, a lot of people have made a lot about the lack of size. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to talk about Patrick Williams. He plays one of the most complete games um, that he's played so far this season and maybe in his career. 22 points, man. This is fourth 20-point uh, performance of the season. He did that of, on 14 shots, going 9 of 14 from the field, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Patrick Williams played a really good game, and especially times uh, where, the, where the Bulls' offense was failing, Patrick Williams was the one that was being aggressive. He was taking players off the dribble, trying to get to the mid-range. So I really got to commend Patrick Williams for the way that he played in this game. It sucks that it came in a loss, but Patrick Williams played pretty damn good in it. Now, I believe... Uh, they said that the every game that Patrick Williams has scored 20 points in so far this season, we've lost. I got to do some research on that, but that's that sucks if that's the case. But listen, Patrick Williams, even if, if he's not scoring 20 points per, uh, in a game, has definitely contributed to winning 
Um, so, you you know, at the end of the day, you just got to look at that. Uh, it's it's a step in the right direction for the growth of Patrick Williams, and that's not true. We won a game. He scored 20 points against the Spurs. We won. So, yeah, that, that's that's incorrect, whoever said that. Uh, but we were one in we were one in three in the games that Patrick Williams scores uh, 20 or more points in. So take that for what you will in that game. But outside of that, um, you know, Ayo DeSumo had a big game, a performance off the bench again. Um, and, and with the way that the bench rotation is right now for the Chicago Bulls, Ayo DeSumo is the only scoring threat we basically have off the bench with Andre Drummond being in the starting lineup, Torrey Craig being out, things like that. Um, he scored 15 points going 7-15 uh, from the field, four, uh, five rebounds, three assists. Um, he played really good in this game coming off the bench, gave us some important minutes. This was also probably the best game that Dalen Terry played. Everybody's going to uh, harp on that plus-minus of plus 29. He played some really good defense, had a block shot, played with some energy, uh, got some shots, got to the rim. It seemed like he started understanding, hey, I can get to the rim against certain people, and that's good for the development. And this is why this stretch of, of Dalen Terry playing minutes is important, and he, he should have been doing this because we're seeing Dalen Terry, the game's the game. I, I don't know if I want to use slowing down per se to him for him in this in, in the game, but the game's he's definitely starting to understand how he needs to go about the game a little bit more. Andre Drummond not nearly following up on the on the big game he had the twenty four and twenty five night, but he did have seven points, uh, sixteen rebounds in this game. He was in foul trouble the whole first half of the game. He only goes three of nine from the field, um, seven offensive rebounds, but a couple of those are on his own own misses. It is what it is there. And Alex Crusoe going 6 of 11 for 15 points. Really good there. But Kobe White. I want to talk a little bit about Kobe White in a couple of different aspects in this game. And then we'll talk a little bit about his injury uh, with his wrist. But Kobe White is now starting to get defenses that are uh, that are gearing their game plan to getting the ball out of his hands. And that just is what it is. Defenses are starting to crowd Kobe White and trying to turn him into a player that has to now drive instead of that's going to be able to shoot out on the perimeter. And then uh, on top of that, his perimeter shot isn't falling pretty uh, at, at nearly at the level that it was going to. And so while Kobe White has grown definitely as a pick-and-roll uh, decision-maker there, he's definitely done that. You don't want to take that away. But when you take away Nikola Vucevic, who also is a smart passer, and you put in Andre Drummond, who's a little bit more limited, uh, that pick-and-roll defense kind of sticks out a little bit more. I'm sorry, that pick-and-roll decision-making kind of sticks out a little bit more. Um, yeah, he's still playing and pushing the tempo, which is good. He's still getting rebounds, which is really good. But when you look at the fact of just how defenses are defending him, now Kobe White has to get to the point of, all right, now you're the game. You're you're the player they're game planning for, which is probably going to free up some more things for Demar Derozan down uh, it, as we go forward in this stretch. But Kobe White, this next stretch for him of if defense is really gearing in towards him is going to be important to see how much of this growth is really sustainable for for Kobe White and how much he's still the the Bulls' be, best piece to build around. Let me let me not act like like that's uh, going to be taken away just because of some bad games. But um, yes, he's in a three point shooting slump right now. Um, but on top of that, he just has to. He has to figure out how to how he needs to be effective against defenses that are now game planning towards him. You're now getting those superstar, uh, those star level uh, uh, defensive game plans against you, and that just is what it is. Now, if Kobe White is a smart player like I believe him to be, he'll figure it out eventually. He's just going to come. Also, you know, getting other players to score a little bit better is going to help de uh, defenses to ease up on him as well. But he got he got to come down with it. Uh, at the end of the day. Kobe White has to now adjust to this next phase that's going to be thrown at him. And, D and NBA defenses are going to be throwing their best at him, period. They're, they are now game planning for who and what Kobe White is. And he went 5 of 19 uh, from the field in this one, 2 for 6 um, from three-point range, going uh, breaking that streak. He missed 16 straight three-pointers. But 
At the end of the day, he's still getting to the free throw line at a, at a better rate than what he has been because, again, they're turning him into a player that has to drive to the lane now. So him getting to the free throw line and that increased free throw rate that I've been talking about now with him for a while, it's going to have to continue to go up. We, we're at, at this point now, he's averaging two and a half free throws per game. Keep in mind, just a week ago, he was only averaging 2.1 on the season. That's because he's getting to the free throw line so much more regularly now, and he's hitting that at a really good clip. So you got to look at it. Last last few games for, for Kobe White from the free throw line. Four in this game. He got eight shots at the free throw line against the Atlanta Hawks. Only one against the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't get any free throws against the Spurs or the Lakers. But then he had four against Philly, four against Miami, and eight against the, the Miami Heat the second game before that. So he's getting to the free throw line at a really good rate. Averaging for the month of December almost four three, uh, uh, three free throws per game, which is getting it at a good rate. And he's hitting it at a decent enough clip. I want to see that go up a little bit. He's hitting at an 81% clip. I like him to be 90% from that, just a 50-40-90 thing. But at the end of the day, defenses are adjusting now to who and what Kobe White is. And that next step of him, Billy Donovan, the, the other players stepping up with now the gravity that Kobe White's going to get from other defenses, they need to figure that out. Moving without the ball. I saw way too much standing around watching the ball at times in this game, more so than what we've seen almost at any other point in this run. So we got to get back to that moving without the ball consistently. And I know with having, you know, Andre Drummond in the lane, maybe that clogs some things up, but they got to figure it out. And so, you know, we're not going to have Nikola Vucevic for another four or five games when it comes down to it. The Bulls got to figure this out. You don't get too many excuses when it comes down to it because, listen, this is the team. This is the makeup. Yes, we're a team that's small, but we got to kind of figure that out as we go along. Now, the small ball aspect is something I want to talk about before we go. A lot of Bulls fans were complaining about the small ball, and I understand it, right? Yes, Adama Sanogo should have gotten in this game, especially when you're seeing that Terry Taylor wasn't necessarily working. But I do have to, you guys know, I always present both sides of things. De, uh, the lineup with DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Io DeSumo, Dalen Terry, and Terry, and Terry Taylor actually went on a 12-0 run in which they were getting defensive stops and converting that to transition opportunities. And so it is what it is, right? The small ball lineup in that stretch worked. Over the course of the game, you got to know when to go away from that. I do think Billy Donovan kind of set on that a little bit too much. That's definitely a problem there. But for, for what it's worth, the small ball lineup is definitely what got the Bulls back in this game. Now, it's also what kind of hurt the Bulls going down the stretch because we, didn't, we weren't as effective when we moved away from that. But that is why you saw Billy Donovan keep drumming out the game. I know a lot of people were asking, like, hey, why didn't Drummond get put back in in these minutes? That's If it wasn't for that small ball lineup that I just mentioned, we wouldn't have been in that game down the stretch and in the fourth quarter, even being in a position to try to you – know, we did take the lead eventually. So, you know, I, I just – you have to do that. It's, it's a mixture between stats and the eye test. Yes, the eye test told us it was a struggle for the Bulls in stretches with such a small lineup, and it was. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Small ball lineup also helped get us in the game. Now, I do hope that Billy Donovan looks at this, reviews some tape with a day off, and realizes, hey, let me try to give Adama Sonogo a go, and let's see what, what, what it's going to be for him, if he's going to be able to perform. Even if he gives you 30% of what he gave in the G League, that's a pretty damn good player to come off the bench for you at a time where you're missing your starting center and your backup has to be in the starting lineup. So let's see how, um, how Billy Donovan adjusted that as well as how Kobe White adjusts to now defenses throwing their best at him. And that's going to really determine what this, uh, how, how well this stretch keeps going for the Chicago Bulls. We now move to 9-5 and five in games without Zach Levine, and we'll see if that can continue. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Kobe White before we talk about the last topic for today. So apparently Kobe White has been dealing with a wrist injury um, for a while now. Uh, Casey Johnson reported that he's been dealing with a wrist injury that has been affecting his shooting for quite a while, and the soreness has been there almost the whole season. And so he's been playing with a sore wrist, um, and so, you know, it is what it is there. I'm not trying to excuse it because like I said, Kobe White has, has grown into a player where you're expecting more than just shooting from him. And some of the decisions he's making with certain things haven't been the best. I think that that three ball is going to come back for him, right? I, I definitely think that he's right now. He's, he's, he's killing it. He's, he's killing. It. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's been a great player for us. And I, I, when I found out about the wrist injury it kind of made things just make sense, right? When you see a player kind of not be themselves and you start looking at some things, it makes things make sense when you hear that, you know, he's dealing with it. So shooters and wrist injuries are tough. Now, the thing is, is he doesn't plan on sitting. They, they can't really afford to sit him right now, so he's not going to rest. And so with the Bulls having some time off, uh, we only play, what, two games, I think, next week. So he's going to have some time off next week. He's just probably going to try to tough it out over the stretch, especially considering we're missing Levine, we're missing Vooch, we're missing Torrey Craig, and we could see just a struggle of shooting for Kobe White. Um leading into maybe the second week of January where we get a little bit of time off where you can rest that wrist, and then let's see how that's going to be for Kobe White. So I just wanted to point that out because a lot of people were asking about that. But as we know, the Bulls are moving towards the trade deadline, a trade deadline where they're kind of where they're looking to move Zach Levine. There's some questions, some doubt on if they're going to be able to move Zach, and you know that, that those are valid questions. But we want to talk about what the Bulls are looking for back. And I think I, uh, this is a good time to talk about this because a lot of people right now are expecting the Bulls to try to get a Pascal Siakam, uh, uh, who else are the names, like Cade Cunningham's names that recently popped up, right? Asking if we can get KD or we can get Zion. That's not happening. You're not getting that level of deal for Zach Levine per what we've been hearing his trade value is. So what are the things that the Bulls are really looking for back in a Zach Levine trade? And I think Ultimately, they're, they're looking for players that can help what they maybe be a part of their future, right? We've heard that the Chicago Bulls are looking for players that can that are in win-now mode or young players that can help add to this young core. Right now, the focus of the Chicago Bulls are Iota Sumu, Kobe White, Patrick Williams all taking steps with Dalen Terry starting to get minutes as well. They're moving towards the future for this team. So they want players that can be part of that future and fit into that future and fit into that play style, meaning they want players that can be effective without the ball, right? Meaning that they're going to get shots, right? But when you look at the way that things have been going for the Chicago Bulls right now, we need players that can shoot, space out the floor some, and also the ball doesn't stick with. Right now, the Chicago Bulls are 27th in assist percentage 
uh, and that's per NBA.com. And when it comes down to it, I know people are going to say, well, that's because of isolation, isolation, isolation. And it isn't. The Chicago Bulls right now are in the 25th percentile as far as running isolation uh, actions for their players, meaning we don't run a lot of isolation ball. That's why when people keep harping and saying the problems with the Bulls are isolation, we just aren't that team right now anymore. So we're looking for players that, A, can be effective without the ball and can move the ball around, can provide spacing for the team, right? Right now, the Chicago Bulls, when you look at it, we, we are still middle of the pack um, from three. We are taking more three-pointers per game, which is good. We were taking 33 up from like 28 per game last season, but we're still 25th in the NBA in doing that, right? And we're also, we're 27th in the NBA in, 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 uh, in, in third, uh, sorry, in three-point rate. So we got we to gotta take more threes to be effective. You saw it in the game against the Indiana Pacers. We lost the simple math yet again. We, they hit way more threes than what we can hit, and because of that, it was all we had to work so much harder just to have the potential of getting back in that game. So at the end of the day, that's really what the Bulls are looking for. I know I would love for the Bulls to get a, a budgeting star back, a young player that can blossom into that. But I think more than that, they're looking for players that can fit roles, move the ball around, right? And then that's what we're going, doing. That's what has made this team dangerous on this stretch. And again, a player like Jaden Ivey, who I initially came into the season kind of against the Bulls getting, I actually think fits a lot of that. If the Bulls were able to flip a Zach Levine and 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 um, Javon Carter and get a Jaden Ivey back, considering how Javon Carter hasn't really been playing good for us, um, that would be huge off the bench. And it allows Io to kind of do more of the things that come naturally for Io off the bench uh, for the Chicago Bulls. So there's definitely things and players that we can add to this team that can really help what we're trying to do here right now. But that the biggest question on that is if we can even move Zach Levine uh, per what we're hearing, right? But those are the things. So again, to recap, we're looking for players that help add to the Chicago Bulls' future, whether that be help complement the, the players that we have that are part of our future are also players that can be part of that future going forward when we're looking at three years, three, four years down the line for that. That is definitely part of that. You know, draft capital seems like something that the Bulls are interested in getting back. They definitely want a first-round pick at least back for Zach Levine, whether it's protected or not, but they want those players that can help win now and still be young enough to, to contribute to the Chicago Bulls' future. Then on top of that, they want players that don't need the ball to be effective. We're trying to move away from ball-dominant players. Yes, Kobe as a point guard in a Billy Donovan system is probably going to be the most ball-dominant player, but you're also trusting him to make decisions. By ball-dominant, it doesn't mean a whole bunch of isolation and just he's shooting all the time. It means we're trusting him to make the right decisions to push the Bulls where they need to go. So you want players that help move, can be effective without the ball. They can, they can do catch-and-shoot type actions and things like that. That's what you're looking for. And then you're looking to improve the spacing that we have on this team because, listen, with the way that Patrick Williams is starting to grow as a cutter and a diver to the rim, if you can, if you can provide more spacing out there with that team and that unit, that's going to really help the Chicago Bulls as well. So those are the things that I think the Bulls are looking for the most as we go forth into the trade deadline for a Zach Levine trade. And I know that's not necessarily the best package back, right? And that's not necessarily what Bulls fans want to hear. But I'm not here to tell you guys what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you guys the real. And that's really where it seems like the Bulls are shaping up to be going in their trade uh, scenarios for Zach Levine. Now, before we go, I know I dropped an emergency video on the YouTube side, but because all podcast listeners don't always check out the YouTube channel, I want to also talk about the, the injury update to Lonzo Ball. So Billy Donovan came out yesterday and said that Lonzo Ball is pain-free for the first time since his cartilage uh, replacement surgery, and that he plans to get back on the court running in January with his rehab team. So what this really means is that Lonzo Ball is moving for forward at, in the progression of his rehab at the rate that he should be, right? But keep in mind, they already said it's a long 18-month 18 18 month 
uh, uh, recovery rehab period for Lonzo Ball, but I want to also temper those expectations. The surgery that Lonzo Ball had isn't a surgery to necessarily get back on the basketball court. It's a surgery to help uh, make ease of life. That's what that is. Now, if Lonzo Ball can get back on the basketball court and make a, a noticeable return, he'd be the first NBA player to have this type of surgery to do that. But at the end of the day, just I, I want to temper those expectations. There's still a long road ahead of Lonzo Ball before he's even remotely able to talk about playing basketball again for the Chicago Bulls. Now, that's not to say that he's still not on pace, maybe by the start of next season, to be able to be at training camp and that. But I also temper those expectations. Even if Lonzo Ball goes through this rehab and he is the ready to go and be back on the basketball court, he's probably not playing back-to-backs. He's probably not playing more than 18 minutes per game in most of those stretches. And you're probably looking at a first season back of him, his last season on a, on a contract with the Chicago Bulls, play, probably playing 40 to 45 games at the most if that happens and he stays on that because, again, he's not playing back-to-backs. He's gonna, they're going to have some, some schedule rest in there for him as well, even on non-back-to-back games. It just is what it is there. So let's pump the brakes. It does not mean that Lonzo Ball is returning to basketball anytime soon. It still doesn't even mean that he's necessarily going to make a return to playing basketball. And then at that point, March makes two years since Lonzo Ball was on a basketball court. Meaning that if he even is ready to go at the start of training camp next year, you're looking at a player that's been out of the game for two and a half years. It takes time, y'all. And there's a high probability that Lonzo Ball is done here in Chicago. Now, if he does make his return, cool, right? But even then, there's a big, bigger chance that he's just not going to be here long term. And so, you know, it is what it is when it comes down to it. I'm glad that he uh, is making that next step for his mental. I'm glad that he's in good spirits, all those things. I would love to see Lonzo Ball make a triumphant return. But let's be clear here. It's going to be a rough go. And it's going to be a long time before we see if we ever see that same Lonzo Ball again. So, again, I wanted to give the update, but also wanted to provide some realism because I've already seen guys really start taking this into a place that is probably just not going to go. And so don't get yourself too excited for it. We'll see where it ends up going. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 